If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. I think people who put their bag on a seat next to them on a train deserve to be made to stand for the whole journey. And don't get me started about people who think the quiet carriage doesn't apply to them. But chair hoarding on a rammed train, listen, I know we've all had to pay 900 quid for a single to slough. And nobody wants to sit next to a stranger, but it's that level of entitlement and greed that leads people to vote Tory, which is why the trains are fucked in the first place. So if you could do me a favour and attempt to be a nice person and take your fucking bag off that fucking seat. Welcome back, friends. Now, don't be adjusting your radio stations. Yes, I know I sound a bit lo-fi this week. I've actually been caught in London on business without my microphone. So you'll just have to make do with me phoning in like the old days for one week only, okay? This week on After the Tone, a call from an Oompa Loompa, the joys of old friends, and why I love Penne with one N. Uh, so listen, I've been working on this fancy opera, and I I know, very cultured, quite sad actually, because she's got to go out and earn a living. And I tell you what, musicians, you thought I was weird, waiting to hear them go on about wet reeds and sticky bows. Anyway, I've been thinking, because like opera is well posh, it's all a bit fancy. And I was wondering if you've ever made yourself look very common. Par example, when I was around a famous person's gaff doing a radio thing, someone off the MasterChef told me to deliver Il Floton to the guests. Now, when the guests asked me what it was, I had no clue. So I told them it was ill, you know, like jelly deals. And I mean, how was I supposed to fucking know that Il Floton was some French bollocks for floating island and some meringue fucking shit? So anyway, have you ever shown yourself up like that, please? You know what to do. Pick up the blower. Send me a little voice note to this number. Zero, seven, double, eight, two hundred, three, four, two, zero. Right, me and Debbie are actually quite busy people, so if you wouldn't mind just shutting up and listening with your ears for half an hour, we can get on with our jobs, okay? Thanks very much. Hi, Scotty. I just wanted to come on and share the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me. So it was Halloween, and I was dressed as an umpa of course. I was on a night out, had a lot of drinks and um, I was drunk and just decided to go home. Got an Uber to my apartment building and I 
went up to my flat and it was at that point that I realised that I'd left my keys in the Uber, which was just fantastic. And I'm not really sure what happens next. I just kind of remember being outside of my flat and then I was in the first floor disabled toilet. But at some point during that trip from my flat to the toilet, I shit my pants. And when I say I shit my pants, it was not just like a small little poo. It was explosive. Um, And, you know, my costume was white, so that was brilliant. So essentially, I was trapped in the disabled toilet with shit everywhere. And I think I didn't even make it to the toilet. So there was like shit all over the bathroom, which was brilliant. Of course, there was no toilet roll. So I was sat there thinking, what the fuck do I do? So I just started calling my friend, desperately begging him to come and save me from this horrible situation. And while I was waiting for him to arrive, I decided I would try and clean up the mess. So first of all, I tried to wash myself in the sink, which didn't really help. It just kind of smeared things everywhere. And then because there was no toilet roll, I thought, you know, the only thing I can use to clean up the shit on the floor is my green Oompa Loompa wig. So I took that off, started trying to mop it all up. It did not help whatsoever. It just made it a whole lot worse. Um, and it was at that point the door opened and I just realised that I had locked the door and the security guy who works in my building came to check on me because he probably thought I was dead or something. And yeah, I just remember making eye contact with the security guy who looked horrified to see me sat there in an umpa costume with shit all over me, shit on the green wig on the floor. I think I was crying too. Um, and yeah, he just kind of shut the door and didn't say a word. And eventually my friend arrived and he was brilliant. He saved me. He cleaned everything up for me. He gave me the leggings that he was wearing because he was dressed up as Robin Hood and eventually ushered me into an Uber. Yeah, it was very traumatising. Obviously went straight into the shower as soon as I got into my friend's house. And I am apparently now called Augustus Poop amongst his friends. (laughs) Do you know what? I love nothing more than a poo story. A very thorough poo story. We knew the internets, didn't we? Bless. Now, where to start with this? An umpa who was put into an uber-looba having a poopa-poopa. <laughs> but at this point, I'm actually just here to entertain myself. I've got so many questions. What happened to the wig? <laughs> Do you know, a wig is very hard to come by nowadays, particularly a neon green wig. So, yeah, I can imagine it was quite the visual. And also, depending, look, this podcast, it always makes me say the most vilest of things, but depending on what your diet was that day, (laughs) you day glow orange skin, you know, if you'd been on the Alco Pops, well, you might have just matched. Do you know what I mean? The excrement might have just looked the same. Now, do you know what? I've got to say, when lots of people listen to these, they do write in, they let me know when you meet me in the street, they're like, oh my God, how vile. None of them are ever queens, right? Because I think as queens, come on, we've got to say it as it is, I think we've got a much more intimate relationship with our poo. (laughs) Conversations you never thought you'd have. Come on, you do. You just do. If you... you... (laughs) Look at me dancing around the issue of douching. 
look, it's happened to the best of us. So come on, none of you queens be taking the moral fucking high ground with this Umpa Lumpa here. I mean, what a night for it to happen on as well. And um, I really enjoyed the fact that you're northern. I don't know why, I think it just added, <laughs> added a frisson to the story. Where anybody who's listened to this abroad, yes, that is exactly what the north of England is like. And that, it don't have to be Halloween. <laughs> just a standard week. So thank you very much. First time caller, I might believe you are. Um, I do hope that you drop in again. Thank you for sharing your mortification with the room. Hello, everybody in the pub. Hello, Tim, Cat, Maya, producer Deb, and of course, Scotty. Yeah, fucking babe. My name's Ali, first of all. You always get annoyed when folks don't tell you what their name is. My name's Ali. Probably a medium-term listener. Probably listening to you for about a year, but this is the first time that I'm calling in. I listened to the last episode and just hearing what Holly had to say, like, I have been living away from my community and friends for the past a year, 18 months, kind of in between that. I was living in the beautiful Manchesterford for like eight years and then me and my ex split up and I couldn't afford to stay there. I had to move back in with my mum and dad up in Glasgow for a wee bit. And um, obviously you can tell from my accent, I'm from here, but I've not lived here in a really long time. And um, I thought it was gonna be really easy for me to, to find a new community here. You know, Glasgow is a really queer, really friendly place, but oh my God, I have struggled. I have struggled so much. I've made one friend. I'm somebody that usually is surrounded by a lot more friends than that. And it's been very tough. After being here for about six months, nine months, I made the decision, oh, this is not working out for me. I'm going back to Manchester. I spent eight years building this beautiful life for myself and I didn't really have much agency or choice about leaving so yeah I'm going back and I actually got the keys to my new place on Friday and it's fucking six minutes on Satnav apparently from my best mate's house the past weekend that I spent there seeing all of my beautiful friends has just been the most validating thing it's really beautiful and um, I'm actually sat outside my old flat in Glasgow. I'm about to go up and empty it for the last time. Yeah, closing a chapter. It's good. Really looking forward to being back in Manchester full time and uh, hopefully I'll bump into you at some point. That'd be nice. I used to see you kicking about the Northern Quarter all the time, but I was too shy to come and say hello. Uh, now I know that's a, a, an okay and actually encouraged thing to do. I'm going to fucking do it. Love yous. Yous have been my friends during this time. So thank you. You're all beautiful. Bye. Ali! Oh, God, I fucking love Scottish people. I, do you know what? Give me a Scot any time of the day. God, that's... It sounded so sycophantic towards myself. And it says, in the people of Scotlandia, Alba. Um, I fucking love Scottish people. I mean, I've done filthy things with Scottish people purely because of the way that they sound. <laughs> Is that problematic? Is it problematic that I literally, like, any Scottish accent, I'm like, yeah, let's... Here we go. Yes, please. <laughs> 
It's sad, but it's true. The reason why I guess some of that, and this is going to make this even more problematic, is um, Scotland is like really dear to me. And I know it's also really dear to producer Deb as well. But for me, it's because it's where my family first made home um, this side of the water. And, like, I've got family in Falkirk and Stirling. And when I'm ever in Glasgow, I'm always really reminded, like, this is where my grandparents met. And I know the hotels that my nan used to work in and all of that. So I have a very romanticised idea about Glasgow. And I'm glad that you called now because, well, if you'd given me 20 minutes ago and you were still in the Scotlands, in the Glasgow, I would have connected you with all of the right good eggs, okay? I love that this is fucking... I'm turning into some, like, matchmaker of friends and relationships. Oh, my God, there's a television programme. But I'm glad that you come into the Manchesterfords. Manchester, I think it's just a really good place that gathers up without this turning into the Manchester Advertising Bureau. I mean, I don't know. Do cities have such things? Anyway, I do think it is a really brilliant place and I have managed to find my weirdos. And I, I really love this conversation about, uh, like, because I guess what's going on here, right, is about the vulnerability of opening yourself up to people as an adult. I think when we do it as a child, but vulnerability doesn't exist because I guess maybe we've experienced less rejection. Is that why that's there? We've experienced like less of that interpersonal rejection. I tell you what though, when I was younger and before moving to Manchester, I did think to myself, I need friends. And I've always felt lonely. And I know I touched on this last week and I think you know I'll go into it a bit more in detail I think as a mental queer kid and as a queer kid I definitely felt very lonely and maybe that loneliness was self-imposed but also I was very ostracized because all of the kids on my estate were largely boys and they were very boisterous boys and big old Nancy me I just didn't fit in and so I spent a lot of time in my own head thinking about having friends and writing lists. I used, to, <laughs> I used to write lists of people who I thought were my friends. So sad when you think back at it. But, you know, obviously survival mechanism for a young child, particularly for like weirdo kids, you know, like however you get yourself through, you get yourself through. And I think as an early adult, I thought I had to, like, try and find all of those friends and relive that moment that I never had, you know, watching popular kids at schools have hordes of people around them. One really sad memory for me is just like, <laughs> you know, on the last day of school in the UK in primary school, uh, people sign your shirt and I've got my shirt and there's not very many <laughs> signatures on it. And so I was reflecting on that really recently whilst packing up a few things. But I think I am much more happier and content as an adult having far fewer friends that are more meaningful. I think a lot of friendships fell by the wayside for me when I left London. And some of that is because your friendships are friendships of convenience, right? Because you're in the same place at the same time, you hang out with the same people. But I don't know. 
I think the older I get, the more comfortable I am in having people around me that I want to have around me and who understand me and I can be vulnerable with and they can be vulnerable with me and we can have meaningful conversations. So I'm very much, when we're talking about this friendship vibe, I don't want us to think what we're trying to endorse is like a popularity contest. For me, what I envisage is having meaningful dynamics with human beings that want to care for you and you want to care for them and um mutuality mutuality mutual mutualness (laughs) because I think I have in my life invested a lot into people that didn't want to invest into me and I think it's really important that you're able to step away from a friendship that you don't reap the rewards from Ali I hope to see you in the Northern Quarter in that there Manchester. And if you don't say hello to me, I'll be fucking kicking off. <laughs> that was a really bad Scottish accent. I'm so sorry. Hi, Scotty, Debbie and all the team and all the family after the tour. So I was just listening to the new episode and you made me laugh out loud. And let me tell you why. So this stupid accent that you hear is Italian. So that's, that's where I'm from. And there is a reason why Italian people correct you when you say that you like penne. <laughs> but anyway, yes, so it is penne because penne with one N, okay, <laughs> it means penis, it means dick. <laughs> so when you said that, that you love, that you prefer, like, you love uh, penne, <laughs> I laugh out loud because of course you do. Of course you do. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the laughs. Bye. <laughs> I love that I've just been read to filth. Of course you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, now I don't know which one I'm saying right or wrong. And listen, you said there... Yes, this stupid accent is Italian. Listen, you've got a lovely tone about you. I don't think any accents are silly. I think when you've got an accent, because FYI, we've all got an accent, I think we can feel a little bit protective about it, particularly if we've ever been, uh, people have ever taken the piss out of us because of the way that we speak. And believe me, as you can imagine, people have always taken the piss out of the way that I talk. I find it really interesting when people take the piss out of the way that I talk because my first instant reaction is that this is about class this is about them saying that I'm common like it really gets my back up but really it's just the way that I sound you know you you really realize that your accent feels really like home and base to you but actually it sounds quite peculiar to lots of people I think everyone sounds stupid We do. What I really love, though, is particularly in the pub, we've all picked up a parlance, right? Big word for me. Because we've been listening for a long time with each other. Well, not like Ali, who's a medium time caller. Don't get me going on that one. Don't let me reprimand you, Ali. Do you know what I mean? I want full time or no time at all. Where was I? Yeah. So I think we've all gathered up a bit of a parlance, which I think is really brilliant because we've all gathered together and we're now all using like a, um, a certain set of languages. So from an academic point of view, I'd love to understand if that's how accents... Does anyone know how accents come about? 
or maybe you've got quite a strong accent, I'd love to get a few more accents in here for us to talk about our relationships with the way that we talk. Well, actually, it's not the way that we talk, it's the way that we sound, isn't it? It's phonetic, phonetics. Someone who's clever, can you call up and make this make sense for me, please? Thank you very much. Thank you. Don't you be going anywhere, please, because still to come, rainbow capitalism and Croatian bells and smells. Now, there is this thing I want to let you know called the internet, okay? I think it might catch on. Many of you have been in touch this week, sending us little messages here and there, which is nice, I guess. Kiada dropped us a line on the Instagram at after the tone P-O-D, saying, me and my mate were promoting yours you know, this person's Irish, and the other day banging on about shit stories, tea towels and pigeon murder. And will this be our first victim's first listen? Question mark. <laughs> listen, 10 points for doing the sharing because you know, ATT Towers, we really do rely on the word of mouth because we spent all the advert budget on Debbie's fungal infection. Don't ask, it's a bit of a touchy subject. I think, you know what, Start as we mean to go on. You know, I thought that Sexy Grandad episode was mm, top tier. Particularly that call. <laughs> Particularly that call. Palliative blowjobs. <laughs> Over on Spotify, remember I told you you can now leave little comments on the episodes. Well, Beck says, this episode was majestic as always. So magical to be there soaking up the richness and the hilarity. Oh, that was quite an upper class. That was a very fancy review that you left for us. And hair or Hare. I don't know how you pronounce it. You'll have to let me know. This is the only place where my sense of humour is normal. Oh, God forbid, you poor thing. I'm not ringing in because if I do it once, I'll be doing it every day. You and JRF both. Listen, we'd love you to give us a little ring. The number is in the description box. Do us a little voice note. Go on. This week's Patreon call comes from Janet. And Janet once murdered a baby pigeon. Debbie, I'm not going down this fucking avenue again. But it says here, this week has rescued a baby bird. So, tell your mates to come and join us on the Patreon if that's the sort of thing that floats your boat. Remember, if you want exclusive access to additional content like that call, polls, plans, silly fun and the chance to chat together, come and join us. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash after the tone. Just like the lovely Jake, Lauren and LPC did this week. So thank you very much for joining the cult. Right, I'm going to get on with it. Oh, hello, Dolly. Kara here, as ever. Updates. I'm sitting here listening, watching, actually, there's been a whole... <laughs> nearly said fucking Bob Marley. <laughs> Barry Manilow on BBC One. Anyhow, so, yeah, good news all around. Um, Brixton Nick got in touch with me on Friday and said that, basically, they're just going to give me a caution... So I went up the station today on Saturday and got a caution. Um, I'm so glad it went to Brixton Station because I don't know if it'll be explained in it other than they said that the reason I was in so long was that because the crime started in Lambeth and crossed jurisdictions across Vauxhall Bridge all the way on to the Lithuanian fucking embassy and when I got arrested was in um, Westminster so they were tangling whether who to charge and who not to charge. And Brixton said they got the short end of the stick, which I was really pleased about because I think you can imagine Brixton dealing with that report going, he did what and what? Oh, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? What's going on? Get rid of this nonsense. So that was good. Um, I did make a complaint and he said, obviously, look, he was the sweetheart who sort of got me 
um, for Brixton. He was cute as buttons. But the one thing I really wanted was um, all the evidence bits, the body cam footage stuff. Because when he had the interview with me, when he said, like, he showed me the pictures and goes, is this you? Was this you? And there's obviously a policeman standing in front of fuck the Tories at the MI5 building and someone else taking it as a body cam shot. <laughs> so I really want that. And I've got to apply there for fucking, what was it, the um, secrecy shit. Oh, fuck those. So, yeah, all good. All good in the revolutionary hood. And, oh, my God, the first caller. I feel seen. I feel part of a community. He sounded hot as well. What a fucking accent. I'm always a sucker for an accent. But, yeah, I feel seen. Mum's still flicking her bean. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, I mean, the other day was a classic one. She just sort of went, what's wrong with you? And I was like, what? She says, why did you want to come and play? Why do you want to come to bed and have a fiddle? And I was like, and he goes, there must be something wrong with you. I'm like, fuck off then, you knee when I fiddle. Hello. <laughs> Never a dull moment in your house, is there, darling? God forbid it was just a quiet week. God forbid you just called up and you were like, oh, hello, yeah, just had my tea, going to bed early. I've just brushed my teeth and I've done my skincare. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it would be a very dull podcast. Do you know what I mean? It would sound like all those heterosexual podcasts out there. So, you know, keep living those extravagant lives now. Now, I've got to say, the reason why I love the a t crew is because we are a far-expanding, far-reaching community. And I do have permission to tell this story. Don't you worry. But this week, we received a DM from somebody who says... I've got this picture and I just want to know if this is the graffiti that the carer did because I was out, I saw it, I took a picture of it and then listened to the podcast <laughs> and I'm now putting two and two together. I sent it to the carer. The carer can confirm <laughs> this is the work of the carer. Now, we are just working out the legalities of us being able to share that on the Instagrams, but whole time, people, because you lot get everywhere, don't you? You get absolutely everywhere. No wonder I'm so fucking paranoid. Well, listen, I'm glad you got off scot-free. Uh. Oh, I haven't done one of those before. <laughs> well, that's a lie. I haven't done one of those in a long time. And um, thanks for keeping us updated on the um, trials and tribulations of your mother's, um, you know, interfering. Hello, Scotty. Producer Deb, Tim, Kat and Maya. I think that's the first time that I've said everybody's name. Hopefully I've got it right. Anyway, it's June 2023. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you saying it's June 2023. Um, <laughs> it's because I'm listening to the pod at June 2022 and uh, Scotty you started rightfully ranting about rainbow capitalism um, and I'm fully here for that discussion however I work for an LGBTQ charity um, I shall not name the names but as somebody that raises money for that charity I will fucking take that rainbow capitalism and milk it for all it's worth. Because if it means that our organisation can do more for our community, if it means that we have got more bums on seats to harass those people in power to basically sort the fucking shit out, I will take whoever's money. It, well, yeah, I'll take all the money and I will hand it over. So, yeah, 
I fully, fully understand why rainbow capitalism is so problematic, but at the same time, it fuels some of the good work, some of the hard work. Yeah, happy Pride! Good evening, bitch! <laughs> Don't know why I started like that, because you're always a really lovely person. Oh my God, you're still so far in the past. Please, we literally, we just gave you the six weeks holiday just for you to catch up, and you're still that far behind? Anyway... Now, I've got problems with what you just said. All right, yeah, and this is what makes great discourse. Now, would I take money from any other fucking cunt? No, I wouldn't. And do you know why I wouldn't? On a few grounds. Because I don't want guilt money in the community, okay? I don't want dirty money in the community that is allaying people's sin or greed or the broken backs of other people because I'm an intersectionalist, right? There are certain airlines out there, right, that fund massively the queer community, but they're also responsible for running deportation flights of um, refugees and migrants seeking asylum, okay? And so for me, you can't be somebody who believes in equality and egalitarian if you're only looking out for your own. Do you know what I mean? That isn't, to my mind, a utopia. So I think it's really important that we acknowledge where the money comes from because there is this myth within the queer community that we've got no money. I know a lot of wealthy homosexualists. There are a lot of... Do you know what? You turn on the telly, right, and it's full of fucking gays. Absolutely fucking ram full of gays. Disgusting, if you ask me, actually. The money exists in the community, but those people just really like retaining the wealth for themselves, okay? So it's not like I think we need the validation of corporation. We need people to be less self-centred. Let's just go with the sense that we do need this money from the outside world and we do need to embrace rainbow capitalism. If these banks, if these global conglomerates really cared about us as a community, why won't they give us the money without having to have their logo plastered all over it? Why don't they give us the money without having to turn it into a campaign for why you should bank with them? Why don't they just give the money, they get a little discreet logo at the bottom, like, you know, if you get funded from the Arts Council of England, the same thing. You put a little logo on the bottom, you say this was funded using public funding, that's it. It's not a big marketing fucking ploy. Why is it that? Because it is self-invested. So that's, for me, that's where the frustration lies, okay? If we take out the self-investment, fine, yeah, happy to take anybody else's coin. But really, are we just getting fucked in the bumhole and not in a nice way by conglomerates who are actually out there trying to pinkwash their business, which other parts of their business are doing really damaging things to other human beings? Call me a radical! But I think truly, if we believe in the power of people allowed to being who they are and how they are, then we really have to interrogate this idea about where we take money from and how we take that money. Hello, Scotty and everyone at the pub. I'm talking quietly because I'm in a little square. It's Stevie from Colchester. Uh, just trigger warning, I have done a recording the Catholic Church ceremony going on, just so you know. It sounds lovely, it's in another language, we can just pretend. Anyway, I'm on 
Korchula Island in Croatia with my daughter and we're having a little holiday together. Well, quite a long holiday, actually. A few weeks, because I need it. She needs it. Anyway, we're having a lovely time. And, um, yeah, Croatia's pretty stunning. And I just wanted to send you some sounds from the church, because even though I'm not religious, for some reason in another language, sounds really good. <laughs> So enjoy, and uh, yeah, I hope everybody's doing okay. Glad you're back. Stevie, wasn't that lovely? I mean, <laughs> I'm bringing Catholic romanticism to this, obviously, but I tell you what, I love going to churches when I'm away, particularly love a Catholic church in a different language or a different culture. I love going to the Catholic church in Spain because it is just so camp. <laughs> so camp. Because Mary. Mary, right? In Irish Catholic churches, Mary's quite demure. I mean, she's always seen in, you know, royal blue and she's always like crying or, you know, she's got a wonderful motif of a burning heart on her. You know, it's 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 quite subtle, to say the least. I mean, she's always in despair, bless her, which, I mean, there's something there which I think we could talk about how that's been absorbed by, you know, Irish culture and the suffering woman. But by the by, in Spain, she's in a full-length wedding dress... <laughs> with diamonds she's got red roses it's right old camp i love a bit of the campy loo of a foreign church if anybody could understand what was going on there in the croatians um please do let us know oh i felt like i was with you and um, more of these holiday snapshots please i'm gonna go away in a few weeks so i'll take you with me as well so that'd be a good giggle any sounds from other parts. Oh, it, oh, I'll tell you what, it gets me very excited. I wonder what the food's like. That's another thing. I love foreign crisps. <laughs> you, I know you wouldn't think that to look at me, but yeah, I do like foreign crisps. Fucking love it. Right, more of this, please. Stevie, it's lovely to have you back in the room. And that's it. That's us. Short, sharp one this week. But I think we've covered a nice few bases. Redemption, moving cities, fit accents, sounds from people's holidays. It's all there. So come on, pick up the blower. The number is in the link in all of our socials at After the Tone P-O-D. Listen, it's getting hotter this side of the planet. So do me a favour. Wear something nice. Don't worry, if you can, about showing a bit of body because life is far too short, okay? I look forward to seeing you next time. Be nice to each other, please, and I'll see you soon. Bye, darling. After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.